Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, and thank you all so much for the beautiful day you blessed us with and so many blessings on top of that. And now the opportunity to get back into your word. Help us now as we continue our studies. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word heaven, we'll turn to Matthew in chapter 3. We see that Matthew begins to use a term kingdom of heaven, which is speaking of the body of believers, the family of God, which is made up of Jews and Gentiles, all those that believe and are part of the family of God, are considered the kingdom of heaven, as Matthew describes it. And the only other place you find a reference to the kingdom and heaven is in the model prayer as recorded in Luke. Mark uses the term kingdom of God. Well, let's get right into it here in Matthew chapter 3. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right there, John starts out using that, that term recorded in Matthew, the opportunity to become part of the family of God through the finished work of Jesus Christ is now at hand, right there amongst them. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And the same John had his reign meant of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able to of these stones to rise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the foot of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth fruit, good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God 
descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That was an awesome experience that John was able to have right there, to be able to see and hear right from the Spirit of God, as it says, descending like a dove, and hear from heaven those words, Lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That was a direct message given to John there as he was baptizing the Lord. And that experience there to help reassure him of the fulfillment of the prophecies, of the fulfillment of the coming of the Lord that he'd been telling folks about was right there. So speaking of the kingdom of heaven and the heavens being opened and being able to see up and hear from heaven. All right, now turn on over to Matthew chapter 4. Just one verse here, verse 17, another reference to, as the Lord uses that term that John used there in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. At hand, right there, amongst them. Opportunity to become part of that kingdom now would be available to all mankind. All right, now turn over to chapter 5, and we see further reference to kingdom of heaven as the Lord begins to teach about the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew chapter 5, pick it up verse 1, in the section that we call the Beatitudes, or otherwise known as the Blessednesses, as it reads, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor means in need of that relationship with the Lord. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for... They shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Once again, referring to that kingdom of heaven. When you become part of the family of God, you're going to be persecuted by Satan and all of his followers. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Note he puts in there falsely. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Here, Reward in heaven. Not talking about the kingdom of heaven right there amongst them, but eternal rewards in the dwelling place of God when we are with the Lord and receive that judgment and rewards for what we have done for Him. 
that reward Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out, and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Here we see the reference to the Father being in heaven. Our rewards in heaven with the Father and He is in heaven. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy it but to fulfill key verse there that we need to look at since we're here to fulfill all those prophecies that were prophesied about the coming of Jesus Christ to be the ultimate sacrifice for all mankind's sins past, present, and future to take on all those filthy sins all that being fulfilled for verily I say unto you till heaven and earth pass here, going back to the references that we've already studied in Isaiah and Psalms and so forth about the destruction, about the new heavens and the new earth, and we see in Revelation about the new heaven, new earth, and we see the destruction described in Peter. Here he's referring to that. Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. It's all going to be fulfilled up to that moment there. All prophesied, all fulfilled. So everything that has not yet been fulfilled is going to be fulfilled. Verse 19, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men, so he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. The righteousness that we have is the blanket covering us. The blanket of the Lord's righteousness put upon us. The new robe, that righteousness. Because of our own, our righteousness is as filthy rags, as it says. I right, jump on over to verse 43. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, 
even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Over and over he's referring there to our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. And then we see in Matthew chapter 6 some more references to the Father in heaven. Pick it up in verse 1. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. This taking of alms is your acts of righteousness, your acts of charity, your acts of love and sharing. If everything that you do to serve the Lord is done in a way to bring honor and glory to yourself, that's the only reward you're going to get out of it because none of the rest of it is going to count. Because you didn't do it for the Lord, you did it for yourself. You just used the excuse of doing it for the Lord to get honor and glory to yourself. A lot of people do that. You did again. Take heed that you do not your alms before men. It means broadcast casting it, making sure that everybody knows all the many wonderful things that you have achieved for the Lord. You blew it. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. I was speaking of earlier. That's the only reward they're going to get is the praise from someone else for doing such a wonderful thing. But sad to say, there's a lot of that goes on. That people that get involved in the ministry, that get involved in charitable giving of any sort, or working for the Lord in any sort, do it in such a way that they are honored, that they are glorified. Just like I always say about these preachers that, love to be called reverend. They love that respect and that honor to be lifted up and honored to be revered. I do not like that one bit. Don't call me reverend. As he continues, But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall Reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They love to say their words so specifically, elegantly, and deliver them, and just long-winded, and to really impress people with such a well-prepared and well-spoken prayer. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions. Now he's not saying don't repeat yourself. He says don't use vain repetitions. I've heard this taught incorrectly. People say, oh, you can't pray for something more than once, otherwise it shows you don't have any faith in it. Lies, total lies. The Lord shows us the example. 
when he was praying about crucifixion, he went and he prayed three times. The same thing, three times. So he showed us, it's okay to repeat your prayers. And he tells us, pray without ceasing. Over and over and over we can pray, and we can pray the same things. What he's saying here, vain repetitions, means worthless words. Words that are just put in there, like I said earlier, to make them sound so pristine and elegant and impressive words that really are worthless. Unless you, you must speak your prayers from the heart, sincerely communicating with the Lord, not just saying things openly so other people can hear and be impressed by your words. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Then you may think, uh, why should we have to ask him since he already knows what we need? Because he wants us to and because he tells us to. Because in our asking shows our trust and faith that he can give us what we're asking. And then he gives us a model prayer. In verses 9 through 13 here, where it reads, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven. He starts out with that acknowledgement. Our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Forever. Amen. Our Father which art in heaven. And acknowledging that it is his kingdom, and it is his will that be done. And we always need to submit to His will. Not our will. It isn't my will be done. It's thy will be done. Alright, let's go ahead and continue this. He speaks of some other issues and concerns. And also some more references to heaven. In verse 14 here. Matthew chapter 6 verse 14. Very important point he's bringing out. For if ye forgive men their trespasses... Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They're again doing something to try to impress somebody and receive glory for themselves. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doeth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But this is the attitude that is taught, is promoted, is to 
become as wealthy as possible, to pile up these treasures. But as he points out, they're temporal, and they can be stolen, and they rust and rot and decay and wither away because they're all temporal, they're all material of this world. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's the key point. If your whole focus and whole desire is to accumulate a bunch of possessions here in this world, that's where your attention is. It's where your efforts are. That's where your heart is. We need to have the focus to be building up treasures that really, truly last. And those are the treasures in heaven. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon here, speaking of those material things, those treasures here on earth. You gotta have your focus on one or the other. It's not both. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his statue? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So we can focus first and utmost on serving the Lord. Then He will add all the other things to us as we need them. All of the material things that we need to serve Him. And he will bless us with things to wear, to eat, a domain, whatever we need to serve him in the way that he wants us to serve him. And he gives us extra blessings on top of that so that we can enjoy life while we're here. Not to just live in, in a vow of poverty and 
nakedness. No, we are blessed by the things that He lets us have to use in this world so that others can see us. They are attracted to our life, drawn to us like moths to the light. And then we can use the many blessings that He gives us, the material things, as well as the spiritual things, to reach out and help other Christians and to expand the kingdom. So seek the Lord first. It says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All the things that He just mentioned there. All the material things that we need to get by in this life and to enjoy this life will be added unto us when we focus on serving the Lord primarily. All right now look over at Matthew chapter 7. Let's pick it up in verse 15. And here we see some teaching about some of those that he's mentioned earlier that are just doing things for their own attention, that they're just doing things to bring honor and glory to themselves rather than to the Lord. They are hypocrites. They are not truly believers. They are pretenders infiltrators of Satan in Matthew chapter 7, picking it up in verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Now, we see, if you back up a little bit, the very beginning of chapter 7, the Lord says, Judge not, that ye be not judged. Now, you got to look at what he's talking about there. He's talking about condemnation. Don't condemn people. Because then over in verse 15 through 20, he's teaching us to judge in a form of evaluation. You need to look at everybody and evaluate that person. Is that a good person? Is that a bad person? Are they producing good fruits or bad fruits? Because then you know how to deal with that individual. If they're producing bad fruits, then you know you can reach out to them, give them the gospel to help them become Christian and produce good fruits. If they're producing good fruits, then you can encourage them to continue to produce good fruits. In that, we need to look at everybody and society would say, well, you're judging people. Well, yes, in that form of evaluation, judging, not in condemnation, because he tells us clearly not to condemn people. When he starts it out with, judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. As he continues there, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but can considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Oh, how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote of, in, of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, 
first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. We cannot go condemning somebody saying, oh, you should do this, you should do that, and then you're not doing it yourself. you got to get your own act cleaned up. Then you can assist someone else. Then you look at someone, you evaluate their life. You judge them in that manner, not in condemnation. You never condemn somebody and say, oh, that's an evil person. They need to go to hell. Nope, wrong. You crossed the line there. That's going to come back on you. You're going to be held accountable for that. All right, let's get back into... Chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. That's the key. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. When you're doing it for yourself, when you're doing works to bring honor and glory to yourself, not to the Lord, when you, even if you're doing a work and it benefits someone else, but you weren't doing it for the Lord, that doesn't count for you in your salvation or in your rewards because you got your reward as he said they have their reward the praise the honor the glory for doing that good work here by man they get their reward and that's it and then come to the lord lord didn't i do some wonderful works didn't i do some great things yes it was all for yourself not for the lord therefore they get cast into hell simple as that you got to do it for the lord not for yourself let's pray Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you all oh, so much for the many things you allow us to be a part of, a part of your work, to bring honor and glory to you, not to ourselves, to all the praise, all the honor, all the glory to you and our Heavenly Father. We thank you all oh, so much for the many things that you give us each and every day. Help us to use them properly, not to just pile them up in treasures to hear and have that our focus, but to be building those treasures in heaven, to look forward to enjoy for eternity thank you oh so much for the many many blessings you pour upon us as we pray in jesus precious holy name amen thank y'all